Hey, it's good to be with you this morning. I know a little bit of a more informal type of a setting here this morning, uh, which I actually like quite a bit. Um, I'm used to this a lot, my wife and I. This is uh, Aaron, and uh, we've been married for 32 years. And we moved out uh, five and a half years ago to Colorado and really like it out there. If you, you want to come, you might not come back. I don't know. We enjoy looking at the mountains and the clean, fresh air, and it's just really beautiful. But we moved out there on purpose to start a healing center, and we're still trying to figure out what that actually is um, and how we're going to go about that. We're looking for a building, and so that's kind of where we're at right now, and we're in a Holiday Inn, but we start just like this. So a few announcements to everybody, make sure everybody's uh, on the same page, and then we jump right in and just start. So this is... uh, very, I'm, I'm very accustomed to this. I'm, I'm enjoying it very much. Uh, I've been checking Pastor out ever since I got into the building, so I'm just checking to make sure that, uh, you know, he's one of those old timers, you know, in faith as well. Now I'm just messing. Um, really thankful for Pastor and Daryl and his wife to let us come like this on a short notice. So uh, let's just jump right in. Is that all right, everybody? Hey, Amen. All right, all right, all right. So let me get to some thoughts here, and I'm going to start with, um, as we're turning you to some scripture, if you'd like to, you can go to uh, Mark chapter 5, and you think, well, I was here actually on Friday night with Reverend Annie Durant, and she went to Mark chapter 5. Yeah, you know, we have sometimes uh, some of the same thoughts in our heads, you know, because we're both endeavoring to walk in a healing ministry, you know, and so your thoughts kind of gravitate to the same type of thing. So you may hear a little bit that you've heard on Friday nights. You say, Friday nights, what's Friday night? Well, you should be here once a month on Friday night when the Durants come, and Reverend Annie Durant is ministering on healing for the next few months. I don't know how many they'll go, but you need to be here. Say, well, I don't need any healing. Well, there's probably somebody that you will meet that does need healing. And you're going to want to see how to minister healing. And you're going to learn that by watching her minister to people one-on-one. The time we have this morning, the time we have uh, in the next service, uh, you'll see a little bit of that as well. Just even to hear the, uh, the way things are spoken has everything to do with whether you get the healing or whether you don't. I know over all these years, it's been 35 years now just ministering in these areas. Um, I've watched, and you know, when you say things like, well, I'm going to believe with you to be healed. Well, let me just share with you, that never works. (laughs) Number one, uh, when you say believe with you, you don't know at all how they're believing. And you have to get in a little bit more. That's like the individual that actually wants to get in the water and they tiptoe and then they splash a little bit. It takes them a while versus the individual that just jumps on in. Now, if you're going to jump in with healing, you're going to say something more like, are you ready to be healed? Are you ready for that shoulder to work? Are you ready for the power of God to set you free? Because they have to have some sense of an expectation that there's going to be change. If we leave people in a place 
where they think they're recovering, then they will choose a long time for it to happen. Because they're always going to be putting off the moment where they actually have to use faith. If they can make it last a long time, sooner or later, they're hoping their body will feel better so that they know that they can actually get up. Instead of, it has nothing to do with your feelings. It has to do with you changing your feelings by a force called faith. Now, Paul told us to live in the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit, and to pray in the Spirit. So I don't know if that gives us any other time to do anything but be in the Spirit. (laughs) And one of the number one reasons is because you are a Spirit. So in other words, what he's saying is, he's saying walk according to your true self, live according to your true self, and make sure you tap into the real you when you pray. Because the real you is connected to the real him. And here's a sad thought, and that is most of the people that are in buildings called churches today on Sunday across the United States and around the world have never been told that they are a spirit, and they've never been given invitation as to how to find or locate themselves. They understand the intellectual realm. They certainly understand the emotional realm. And they are connected continually to the physical realm. But they have little awareness of when they connect to the spirit or if they connect to the spirit. So I want to share this with you because your spiritual man is not the one that you look at in the mirror then if you're to walk in the Spirit, live in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit, the only way to actually do that is by faith. And you've got to start out your spiritual connection with God by faith. And if you're real good at make-believe, you will make a real good Christian. You've got to be able to tap into your imagination, which is the bridge between this fleshly world and the spiritual world, being able to see and being able to hear what's going on in and around you has everything to do with you being able to hear and see everything that's around him. Is everybody doing okay this morning with these few thoughts? Hey, man. I'm just checking you out. Pastor's been checking me out, but I do the same thing. Amen? I'm looking for faith in the room. I'm looking for someone who just has that eye that seems like I'm really enjoying this. And then I'm looking for the eye that seems like they're not so that I can stay on that same point until you do. Amen? The key to getting me to go to the next point is to like the one that I'm on. Amen. Come on, we're having fun this morning. We just want to see God touch people. And what's the possibility that he is right here and right now? You say, what give you that right to say that? Well, there's a lot of reasons. I'll use pastor as the, as the go-to for this. Pastor showed up. You say, what do you mean? Well, what gives me the right to believe God's touching you? I'll say it again. Pastor showed up. He brought Jesus with him. I showed up. 
I brought Jesus with me. You showed up. You brought Jesus with you. Now, if he's with me and I talk like he's doing something, it lets him do something. If he's with me and I never talk about him even being with me, then he's just a passenger. Because you and I both know we as Christians have lived the majority of our lives with the greatness of God who holds the universe in the palm of his hand living inside of your body, walking around inside of your flesh, and we've not seen the miraculous hardly at all in our lives. Which means we've never learned to turn him loose. Which means, in fact, that we're in his way. And that becomes one of the keys to you walking in faith. Can you get yourself out of your own way? Well, brother, I'm just feeling, and brother, you don't know what's been going on. This You're in your way. It's all about you. And if we don't recognize how we've taught people over all these years, now this is just real general. I'm going to get specific in just a second. But how we've taught the church over all the years, we've made them become conscious of their performance at the expense of being conscious of God in your spirit. Live right, do right. When I was growing up, your hair's too long. Then I found out some hick wrote a song, your hair's too long, there's sin in your heart. Get it cut today and make a new start. Yeah, somebody wrote a song. Amen. They might have been from a popka. Amen. I don't know. <laughs> Amen. They might have been from Colorado too. Come on, think about it. The more you get somebody conscious of trying to do the right thing and trying not to do the wrong thing, they are in their own way and God's way because now they have their mind and their thoughts connected to themselves. The flesh fights against the spirit and the spirit fights against the flesh. And if you're mindful of you, that's being mindful of the flesh. If you're mindful of the law, that's being mindful of the flesh. You've got to come out of that world and get into the world where God created through Christ Jesus the opportunity for mankind to actually come into the presence of God and actually stay there. We live in the Spirit. We walk in the Spirit. We pray in the Spirit. Pretty much seems like your whole entire life, not just your day. And you do that by faith, which means I become aware that he's with me at all times. And the more aware of him I am, and the more I treat life as though he's with me, and I include him in the things that I do, and the things that I say, and the things that I think about, the more I'm out of my way, and I give him freedom to be God. And God, when he has freedom to be God, still splits seas, praise the Lord, still raises the dead, still causes cancer to wither and die, and symptoms to disappear, even in this room here this morning, without praise and worship, without 40 minutes of song, without dancing, without banners flying. He's doing a work in here because pastor showed up, because I showed up, and because you showed up. 
That's enough for the miracle realm to be activated. It's good to see you this morning. Praise the Lord. We're looking forward to a good time. Amen. And so let's look at some things. I know you're over in, in Mark. And let's look at Mark chapter 5 for just a moment. And I love that this is a passage that you know really well. Because we're going to pick some thoughts out of here in this service and the next service. And see if these are some things that you've thought about before. I'm hoping they are. Because then they won't be brand new. And that way, you should become better at actually doing something with them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? Now, everywhere we go, we're, we're ministering to sick people. And everywhere we go, 99% of the people we minister to are extremely aware of their sickness. And not very aware at all that God even exists. They've been to doctors. They're taking medication. They've got more appointments and more medications. They've got symptoms that are staring them in the face. And they're fighting hard against it all. Yes. And yet Jesus actually won that fight. Amen. Now in the body of Christ, sad to say, most people live from need to need. I need a healing, so I'm going to then begin to work on some healing scriptures and, and, and trust God to heal me. I need finances, I'm going to work on some financial scriptures, and I'm going to trust the Lord to bring in finances. My marriage needs to be better, so I'm going to listen to the marriage series. Is anything wrong with that? Well, technically, no. But the problem is, we've never focused on him. We run around after what we need, but what you need is to use your faith on one thing and become good at it. Now, I'm, I, I like that. I, I can do many things, but I'm better if I do one thing. Now, someone may be saying, well, actually, I'm, I'm a professional multitasker. And then I would say, no, you're, you're a professional um, distracted person. <laughs> <clears throat> And you might think, you know, that, that's, that's not fair because I actually am really good at what I do. And then I would say, it's extremely fair because God's not asking you to be good at only one thing, and that is to know him. You see, if you develop the skill of being able to know many things at one time, when it comes time for you to be still and know God, you won't know how to do it. You'll be fidgeting. You have to learn the skill of focus. And the skill of focus takes time to be alone. And people can't be alone anymore. That's why they take their phones into their prayer rooms and they're always looking at it whenever it beeps or whenever the light flashes just to make sure, to make sure what? <laughs> See, years ago when we didn't have these phones, you actually had to drop off your kids and trust that they would actually be okay. And when you couldn't make the phone call you wanted to make unless you stopped and had enough money to put it in and, and make your, your phone call yourself, you had to wait till you got home and then it took time to actually do the rotary thing because it did, just didn't happen by saying, Siri, call so-and-so, and then all of a sudden she calls. We become an extremely distracted society 
And the devil knows what he's doing because the more distractions there are, the less focused you are, the less effective you are when you don't know him. Now, God's presence is beginning to move through this room right here and right now. And there's bodies that are being touched in Jesus' name. There are limbs that are able to move that couldn't move a few moments ago. And if you've got a disease, as long as you're ready for it to leave, then it will. Let's look right here as it says in verse 25. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, suffered many things from many physicians. She spent all that she had. She was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd, touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself the power had gone out of him, turned around to the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Of course, the disciples said, there's a multitude thronging you who touched, why would you say who touched me? He looked around to see her who had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down. Before him, told him the whole truth. He said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Be healed of your affliction. Now, I'm going to relate a story, and since Annie is here, she can help to make sure that it's exactly as it was said, because it's her story that'll get me into a thought about Brother Hagen. So I'm going to use a couple of examples here to work this for a second. Because I want you to understand the power of your ability to believe. You said, you think I have the ability to believe? You're a believer, aren't you? That's like saying, do you think that cat can meow? Do you think that dog can bark? Well, that's what they do. When you become a believer, that's what you do. And you do it well. And you don't do it with your human belief. You do it with the God kind of belief. So now you've switched camps because you become empowered by his divine nature and you're more powerful than you ever were even before. And before you were really powerful. In other words, think of it this way. God made man in his image and likeness and even Cain had the ability contemplating murder to tell the devil to take a hike. (laughs) Think about the authority that he had. And yet Adam had given away the authority to the enemy. And God comes to Cain and says, Cain, why are you angry? Why is your countenance falling? Right? And he said, sin's at the door and it wants to sift you. In other words, it wants to do something with you, but you should rule it. That's what God told Cain. Rule what's actually happening right now. The word rule is the same word for God giving Adam dominion. Take dominion. In other words, even when man is lost in his sin, when the devil actually had authority, man still had dominion over his own choices. I, I got to tell you, the power and the authority that God gave man was made for the creative nature that God put in man. It only works through that creative nature. Do you realize when, devil, when the devil received Adam's authority, he couldn't use it because he's not a creative being. Can you imagine how frustrating it was for him to try to creatively make something and it wouldn't work? Did I get this authority or not? And he did. How come it wouldn't work? It didn't work with angels. 
It works with humans. So then what did he do? He began to manipulate humans to turn on themselves and destroy themselves because he couldn't do it himself. Folks, if, 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 if we unfold and reveal what really is potentially there, we may be able to have some of those aha moments that we're going to have when we get to eternity. As Isaiah told us in the 14th chapter, we will look at Satan and say, is this what caused nations to tremble, brought men to their knees? In other words, in astonishment, as though, are you kidding, this? We may be able to get there if we can see what we need to see and get there right now. And stop letting him hold high carnival in our mind. Okay, so, Annie's in a meeting. I've been in those meetings too with Brother Hagen, where all of a sudden you look back and he's looking at you and going, come here. And, and that doesn't mean you did something wrong. It just means he wants to tell you something because normally he'd already be gone to the back. After, for instance, ministry has taken place, he's laid hands on the sick. And then he'd be escorted to the back. Well, she was in one of those meetings, whether it was a morning meeting, night meeting, I don't know. I would think it probably maybe a morning meeting because that's when he would actually stand there. And mine was a morning meeting too. And I looked back and I looked back again and he said, come here. Well, he did that to Annie. And she went up and said, sir. And he said, because she, working with him, had quoted the scripture about the woman with the issue of blood. For she said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, and Annie said, I know I shall be well. Well, that sounds good. And there's even some translations that'll say it that way. But what it really says is, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I shall be well. Not I know I shall be well. We always like to add extra things to it. Because if we really take it like God wants us to take it, it's so absolute that it's black and white. It's either is or it isn't. We want to add something that gives us some time to process. (laughs) Aaron and I always kid a little bit about our first date, you know, and I I, I thought to myself, man, she doesn't talk much. And then if she heard it from her side, she she would say, he didn't give me a chance to talk. I was just glad she was willing to go out the second time. <laughs> I didn't know I was doing all the talking. I thought I was, you know, while she was processing a thought, I thought, you know, maybe something was wrong, so I came in with another thought. <laughs> because we traveled, you know, in ministry where you don't let any dead space. Dead space isn't good, so someone would step up and have a thought, right? So here I'm talking too much. And, and she wasn't talking enough and realizing that uh, it took a little time for us to learn our groove. Amen. So good for, good for us. We always like to add extra things to give us more time to stay in unbelief. <clears throat> because dare we had to act in faith, we'd actually have to have it now. Because now faith is. <laughs> Amen. All right. Brother Hagen said, that's not what she said. And then he said, sir, that's not what the woman with the issue of blood said. She said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I shall be well. 
Don't add anything to it. Say it exactly as it is, is written. Keep it present tense. I shall be well. So when I heard that, it started me thinking, what is the benefit of well? I shall be well. What goes with that? Because if you're well, you're well. Like I had a guy, he was in a healing line, and, uh, and, and, and I got to him, this was in, and I've never been asked back, anyhow, uh, I was in Iowa, and I got to him and said, what do you need? He said, well, I just want to let you know Jesus is my healer, and, and I know I'm the healer of the Lord. I said, well, that's great. Praise the Lord. I said, usually we're ministering healing to people to get them well. I said, here you're already well. I said, that's wonderful. Go, you can go sit down. Thank you for the testimony. And I went to the next person. I didn't even minister to him. And I went to lay hands on her, and I see him over here with his mouth open. So I stepped back over and said, why are you still here? He said, well, I, I, I just wanted you to know that I, uh, Jesus is my healer, and, and, and I'm the healer. I said, that was your testimony. I got it. Thank you. I don't get many testimonies like that. You know, in a healing line, we're ministering healing to get him well. And here you're already well. Thank you. You can go sit back down. I went to the next person. And when I went to the next person, he still, I looked back over. I said, why are you still here now? And I stepped back over. He said, well, because. <laughs> I said, oh, oh you're going to tell me you still have symptoms, right? He said, yeah, yeah. I said, well, I can't pray, pray for you, doc. He said, why can't you pray for me? I said, because you're a liar. And I saw the pastor fall off his chair. And I knew this wasn't going to go well. I just called one of his parishioners a liar, you know. I said, because you're a liar. He said, a liar? I said, that's right, you're a liar. And then he just looked like this off to where you could see he was thinking. And he said, you know, I don't believe anything I said, do I? I said, not a bit. I said, but you can change that right now. He said, if you'll lay hands on me, I'll be healed right now. I said, wow. See, there, there's faith right there. I barely touched him. He fell on the floor. He was instantly healed. Now, is that interesting? We went from, from I'm going to smooth you with, with uh, this, these words I'm saying that have nothing in them to I can, I can turn it just like that and be in faith. What does it mean to be well? Okay, this got me thinking. Because here's Brother Hagen, 16 years of age. He's got a deformed heart. He's got incurable blood disease, and he's got paralysis. Somebody gave him a Bible. It was grandmother's Methodist Bible. And, and when, he, when he got it and he looked at the words that said Holy Bible, he took it, he embraced it, and he kissed it. Then he opened it up, came to the table of contents, and he saw all these books in the Old Covenant and just, uh, you know, a handful of them in the New Covenant. And he thought, I don't know how much time I have to live. I think I'll start in the New. Where do you think he started? In the, in the New, Matthew. Matthew what? Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. Now, back in that day, in the, in the heat of the Texas summer, he could only move one page at a time. When it got into the winter months, he could move two or three pages at a time. So now you're only reading two, two sides of the Bible or two pages a day in the summer, and you're reading about six pages to eight pages in the wintertime. In other words, it's going to take you a while to get where you need to be. He made it over to Mark chapter 5, and he saw him there where Jesus said, woman, your faith has made you well. And he said to himself with, with great excitement, if her faith could make her well, my faith can make me well. <clears throat> Are you doing okay? Yes, sir. 
Well, as he started moving a little bit further, he made it over to Mark chapter 11. No, he didn't write it. Praise the Lord. He made it over to Mark chapter 11 and saw here where Jesus said, have the God kind of faith. Have the faith of God. Have faith in God or the faith of God. And then you know verse 23 and 24. And he got to verse 24 that says, Therefore, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And as he began to meditate on that, he felt very equipped that he had qualified for that scripture and outwardly said, in a room with no cell phone, four TVs in it, just one little old radio that he didn't have the ability to get out of the bed and go over to it and turn it on. Because back in that days, you didn't have a remote. We went to his house one time because we, someone wanted us to take a prayer cloth to him to have him pray for it and asked us specifically, would you do this? I said, I will do this. I called him up and said, Dad, we're going to come over tonight. Would you have a few more? He said, sure, come on over. And we got there and Mom was getting ready. It took her a certain amount of time to get ready, and she was in the back room. So it was just he and us in his living room. And, and, and Brother Hagin's a very interesting person. There are times where he's very talkative, and you can have a very, very amazing and wonderful conversation to leave going, wow, that was awesome. And then there's other times where he's not so talkative. And he's okay if you're uncomfortable. <laughs> because he's comfortable. Amen. And we've even been out to lunch with him at times when it's been like that, where he doesn't say a word. And Aaron's kicking me under the table going, you know. <laughs> and and uh, I remember that one time we were like that. He hardly said anything. When we got done and he brought us back to the campus, he said, well, sure, glad you had a chance to see me. We'll see you again. <laughs> Amen. So there were some odd moments that were fun, and we just learned to roll with it, knowing that he just wanted some company, which was great. Well, this was one of those times we walked in on him and his TV watching, and, you know, he didn't grow up with a remote, so when he got one, I think he surfed through all the channels about four times in just about five minutes and just kept on. I mean, he loved that thing. I think he wore that thing out. So here he is in the bed, doesn't have a remote, can't get up to turn the radio on, which means be still and know that I'm God. The word no doesn't mean be still and know something about God. Oh, that's what I thought about. Now, remember, religion always, remember this statement, please. It always removes God from everything you do and lets you talk about him, lets you worship about him, but you don't meet him. Because to experience him, is to actually never go back to religion. The moment you experience God, every other earthly experience pales in comparison, which will cause you to want more of him. Addictions were meant for your relationship with God. I'm so hungry for him. How long have you been saved? For 40 years, and I'm hungrier now than I've ever been. Good. That's the right addiction. The devil perverts it to your body, but it was made for you to enjoy out of your spirit, soul, and body in a relationship with God. I need more of him. I just can't get enough. Praise the Lord. I'm hungrier today than I've ever been before in my entire life. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. 
So he challenged the Lord. He said, Lord Jesus, don't mean to be disrespectful, but if you were here personally and present in the flesh and told me I don't believe, I'd have to call you a liar because I know I do believe. When he said that, he heard a voice. I said everything about the room. I said everything about the distractions so that you would understand when you don't have them, you can hear the voice of God. If you'll start out in the quiet place, you'll get to know the voice well enough that when you're in the busy place, it doesn't bother you. Message Bible, Romans chapter 6, verse 10, 11 says, Now that we found out sin speaks a dead language and means nothing to us, God speaks your mother tongue and you hang on every word. When you're really aware of your mother tongue, you can be in a really busy place. Like for us that travel, pastor that's traveled internationally, and you're in some international airport, and they're not speaking your language. So you tune it out. It becomes background noise. It's like, it's like music without words. I don't like listening to worship music with words. So how come? Because most of them aren't worth listening to. But the ones that are distract me because I know him well enough, I actually want to hold a conversation with him without having to listen to something else. So I'll listen to some of the soaking stuff. You said it's just kind of like, I know, but it it tunes out other things. Or listen to nothing at all. Well, you're in an airport, and you're hearing all this other noise, and, and while the noise is just everywhere, but you're not listening or tuned into it, all of a sudden you hear somebody say, hey, Joe, there's a McDonald's. And you hear that perfectly well, and you're thinking, where's the American?" Why? Because that's your mother tongue. If you'll get used to it in the quiet, you can be in the busy place and hear God just as well. Amen? So Brother Hagin said that. When he said that, he heard a voice say, you believe as far as you know. And to him, that was his first revelation. You need knowledge in order to use faith. And that's true if you don't know what to use your faith for. If you don't know where to believe, in other words, where to point your gun. What do you mean? Why would you bring a gun in? Because, listen, it's that serious. You're made in the image and likeness of God, and it's a good thing, but it could be a bad thing. The bad thing would be if you've got your four-year-old with a gun pointed at your two-year-old. The good thing is when you've got that gun in your hand and there's a deer that weighs 200 pounds and you're able to shoot them and make sure that you hit that deer when your family's almost starving and you're going to have meat for about three months. That's a good thing. Don't take that gun away from me. Right? Well, if you'll point your spiritual connection with God, which is your divine nature, in the right place and believe, you will see a manifestation of your faith. And things change. Point it toward your doubt and unbelief. You'll have more sickness. You'll have more trouble. You'll always seem to be the individual that has the problem in life. Why, 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 why do I have such a problem? Because you can't keep your mouth right. You don't point your heart in the right direction. And you're tossed by the waves. Not that man think he'll receive anything of the Lord. Okay, so here we are. Brother Hagin heard that. Well, one thing that it encouraged him was he must be on the right track. So he got back into uh, Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. And, you... and all of a sudden, a light bulb went on. I'm trying to have it. 
before I believe I receive it. I have to believe I receive it first in order to have it. So then, therefore, he immediately just spoke out again. I see it, I see it, I see it. I need to believe I receive it before I have it. When he said that, that same voice said, now you believe you're well. If I can touch the hem of his garment, I know I shall be, no, 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 no. Some of the, touch the hem of his garment, I shall be well. Now, why did she need to be well if she touched the hem of his garment and she couldn't delay it into, I'll be recovering someday, I'll be well? Because she was a woman who was unclean and she never alerted everybody that there was an unclean person there, which means they could have killed her on the spot. Why do you think she didn't want to touch him, just wanted to touch his garment? She didn't want him to notify everyone that she was there. She just wanted to get her healing, go away, maybe go back to the priest, show that the blood condition is gone, and she be reinstated into society. Why do you think Jesus said, daughter, uh, go thy way. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Why did he say that? To let everybody know, no, leave her alone. She's now healed. Because they could have killed her, Right? So guess what her faith was? I step off this curb into the land of no return. Well, if I don't touch it, I'll come back. No, she won't come back. If she doesn't touch it, she's going to be found out and she's going to be stoned. Isn't it interesting what old school used to think like? Amen. I'm telling you what, when Mr. Cream and Mr. Ice ran into each other around a corner and all of a sudden created in our society was ice cream, there was only one flavor. How hard would it be for you to get committed to a vanilla ice cream cone if all there is is vanilla ice cream? Oh, I'm just, I just need an ice cream today. And you went to the shop and there's only one flavor. I'll take that vanilla cone. Well, of course you will because there's nothing else. Could you get committed? 100%. What happened? Baskin Robbins. They added 30 flavors. The moment you add 30 flavors, they knew what they were doing because they had a little cup with these plastic pink spoons that are for samples. When my daughter saw all those flavors behind the counter, I wonder which one I would like. See, it's too much for a little mind. It's too much for a big mind, right? Which one will I have? And then the lady says, well, honey, would you like a sample? Can I have a sample? And she takes this pink spoon, and you're looking at three daughters looking at a little pink spoon thinking, that would be amazing to play with with my dolls. And then they give it to her, and they take a bite of it, and then they're, they're thinking, what do I do with the spoon? You can have, I can have it. Can I have another sample? And I got another one. Can I have another sample? And then I got another one. And when they had about five, five spoons, I said, that's enough. Choose. And then guess what they chose? They chose. They chose something that would turn their tongue blue. Do you know what that was? It was bubble gum. Disgusting. Okay? So, see, even, even with samples, they couldn't make a good choice. And while I, old-fashioned, just have my couple of flavors, and I'm almost done, I remember my, my oldest daughter, she says, Daddy, that looks really good. I said, it, it really is, honey. Can I have a lick of that, too? See, all those samples, I got my own, my tongue's blue, and I want to lick yours, too. What did they know? They knew they would confuse everybody. Mm. We're living in the day of what? Options. 
So many choices are everywhere. And guess what it's done to our quality of resolve? It's dwindled it down to where we're just like the waves of the sea, tossed back and forth. Let not any man think he'll receive anything of the Lord. Now you believe you're well. Brother Hagin said, that's right, that's right. I believe I'm well. What does it mean to be well? The Holy Ghost said, well, people ought to be up at 10.30 in the morning. I used it on my girls when they were growing up, and it was a Saturday, and they could sleep in, and it was past 10.30. I go, well, people ought to be up at 10.30 in the morning. Now, think about just for a moment. Work with me. I see that I need to believe I receive it, and then I'll have it. I believe I receive healing for a deformed heart, for an incurable blood disease, for this paralysis. Holy Ghost said, now you believe you're well. So the Holy Ghost spoke up to encourage him to get where he needed to get to. He went back. The God's, God gave him revelation to see in the word what he was needing to see. And the moment he saw it like he should, in other words, the moment he believed it like he should believe it, the Holy Ghost said, now you're well. What does that mean? That means heaven looks at your belief yes. as though it's a complete yes. result. Yes. Now, let me ask you a question. If you have strength in your legs to get up this morning, can you walk? Yes. yes. If you have faith that you have strength in your legs, you can walk just as well when you have no strength at all as when you actually have physical strength in your legs. They equal each other. Oh, I can't walk. Do you believe you receive? You bet I do. Then you can walk as well as somebody that has strength. Because heaven sees your belief as a completed manifestation while you see it as just the beginning of where I need to wait until I have a manifestation and then I can actually be healed. Live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. How do you do that? By faith. What does faith do? It propels you into the end result of the very thing that you don't think you have, but by faith you do. You are not at a loss this morning. I don't care what part of your body does not work like it should. If you'll flat believe that it's yours and see that God sees that as being well, you can experience today everything that somebody else that doesn't have a problem in that area has already experienced. Had a guy come up to me and said, this arm right here won't work. I said, how's the other one? He said, well, the other one's great. This is the one I need. I said, how's the other one? And he wasn't getting it. He said, well, this one's great. He said, this is the one that I need. I said, do you have good feelings and good thoughts and emotions about this one that works? He says, well, of course. I said, can you give those feelings and those emotions and thoughts to the one that doesn't? And he goes... I think I can do that. I said, we'll do that right now. I said, move this one up. He goes, well, I can move it. I said, it feels great to do this. He goes, yes. I said, feel the same way about that arm. Think the same way about that arm. I said, now move it. He goes, oh my gosh. See, he wanted to curse himself. See, it's a bad arm. Well, it'll always be a bad arm until you believe it's a good arm. The moment you believe it's a good arm, heaven says it's well. And what would heaven say to you right now? Heaven would say, well, people ought to be able to stretch their arms. Yes. Yes. 
What was the Holy Ghost doing with Brother Hagin? Leading him into the way that heaven operates. If heaven operates that way, then nothing about this earthly world should ever matter, whether it's right or whether it's wrong, if you're in a place of faith. <laughs> you mean you're never at a loss for overcoming obstacles, sickness, disease, trouble in your life? Not when you walk in faith. Because when you walk in faith, you walk in the answer. Now, I'll just throw this in as a little piece of meat for you to think about because it's 945. We're going to have to be done here in just a couple minutes. Get ready for the next service. Everything about Mark chapter 11, 24 is Old Covenant. It's Old Covenant. I have to believe that I receive something that I don't possess. But believing that it's mine causes me to walk in it as though it is mine. New covenant, he has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing, so it already is mine. It's like E.W. Kenyon said, uh, in the, the Gospels, Jesus encouraged people to believe. In the epistles, Paul encouraged people to act. So if it's already mine, what do I have to actually see? I have to see that it's mine. And then respond in faith that it is Old covenant, I have to believe that I receive something I don't have. And the moment I receive what I don't have, it becomes mine, which then the Holy Ghost would say, now you believe you're well. Well, of course I believe in well. Well, then well people ought to be up. I get to skip that step in the new covenant. I can just look at myself and say, get up. What would, what would make you get up? Because it's already mine. Well, don't I have to believe I receive it? It's yours, whether you like it or not. And you won't get to heaven and complain, well, I never received my healing. You'll look back and see through the stripes of Jesus, it was there all along. Right? What is this a setup for? For the next service. Amen? Now, how many people already, uh, you know, some of you may not have moved a muscle. See, we have to train you different. Healing services are not pretty. Healing services are chaotic. People are running around going, oh, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. Somebody else is rolling on the floor, experimenting with a new back. Huh? Uh, you see people pushing someone a little further, a little further. Right? We always think we just stay in our little seat. So maybe no one's even moved to see that something's already been happening. Because remember, when Pastor came in, he brought Jesus. When I came in, I brought Jesus. When you came in, you brought Jesus. Now, when you get out of the way and turn Jesus loose, he's doing things to help you to perfect your life. Just because it concerns him. He perfects what concerns him. And you concern him. And that's why Jesus said, look at what he does with a bird. And he has more love and concern for you. So what would he do for you this morning? Has anybody checked to see that symptoms or pain has already left in this room? Come on, we got just, just another one more, two more minutes right here to just 
just meddle, mess with you just a little bit. Check yourself out. See what's going on. Pains are leaving even right now. Hallelujah. I, I, I don't even have to work this. It's working on its own. Oh, boy, we got to get a hold of There's There's a new life for us. Yes, 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 F.F. Bosworth. That's back in the day where you had letters for names. F-F-T-L-R-W, amen. <laughs> they didn't like their mom, the name their mama gave them, so they just made a letter out of it. Anyhow, back in that day, F.F. Bosworth, Christ a healer, chapter 11, was all about the life of God. And he made a statement that I, I always corrected a little bit, not because, but you know, uh, it, it, everything evolves a little bit in, in the days we live. But he made a statement, if you can get enough of the life of God in you, uh, it'll begin to live on its own. Now, the reason why I correct that is because uh, Jesus came to give you life and life more abundantly. So if I'm, if I'm telling somebody get enough, that means they would think I don't have enough. And if I let somebody wiggle over to the place of unbelief, that's where they go anyhow. So if I would say it this way, if you'll stir up enough of what you already possess, it will begin to live its life in you. Which means, that means the more you stir yourself up on this, the more you get yourself out of the way, the more you give God the liberty to go in your life and mess with it and fix things. Hey, I didn't even ask for that and it was fixed. I didn't even think that and it was fixed. That's how he wants to do with your life. Like give him a weekend in your home to watch your house and when you come back, it's freshly painted. Everything's brand new. Your cars have been overhauled with brand new mag wheels and a brand new engine. You start it up and he goes, vroom, vroom. Oh, 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 what happened here? He said, I fixed a few things. And he's fixing a few things in this room. Who in this room can already tell there's some change? Who can tell there's change? Lift your hand and tell me. What about you? What's going on? Yeah. 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 He was going to be here today. Yep. But he went to the hospital last night. We'll bring that up here. The last cloth we prayed for in Castle Rock. And I love when people are raw. Yeah, When people are religious, they've been around something too long that doesn't work. Praise the Lord. Well, put this just in my, you know, in my pillow and just hold it with me. Thank you, Lord. When people are raw, they'll think, what do I do with this? The guy had fourth stage cancer, so he rubbed it all over his body, took a bath in it, and he went to the doctor, and the cancer had disappeared. So tell him to rub it all over his body and take a bath in it. Will you do that? Now, listen to this real quickly, and we'll close with this. I took that cloth to Brother Hagen, and instead of giving it to him, would you pray for the cloth? I wanted to know when does the power come out of his hand. I was in a 10-year, and I still am, experimental mode, like I'm a scientist and I'm wanting to figure things out. So I kept my hand on it. He put his hand on that. Mom Hagen put her hands on him. We all had a stack of hands like this. Aaron's there. And this is what he said. Father, thank you for this wonderful covenant of divine healing. Nothing. Thank you for what Jesus did when he, when he hung on the cross and took those stripes upon his back. Nothing. 
And he magnified the Lord for a few moments for this healing covenant. And then he said this, and now, Lord, switch gears. Thank you for the anointing. I feel it right now. Thank you for the anointing that you have anointed me with. And he made himself become aware of the power of God that was in him. And when he said that, it went right into my hand. And the more he talked about that power, it went up my elbow. And that person was healed. So, Father, thank you for the anointing that you've anointed us with. That this glory will set this person free and drive out sickness and kill disease on purpose. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Now, that'll work. Pastor, if you come. Amen. Yeah, is he going to be in the next service too? I don't know. Are you going to be in the next service? Are you going to be in the next service? Yeah? I'll tell you what, after everything's done, how about you and I just talk in the back where no one's around? Is that okay? What did you enjoy then? All right, make sure you want to buy all of us. We don't have CDs anymore. We get zip drives. Amen. Well, we always take up an offering, and so we're going to do a double right now. Um, if you want to sow into Jim's ministry, just get, a, get an envelope and put it on there and bring it up right now as we're closing and put it in the offering bucket, and then we will see you. Um, Lisa will get up, and, and we'll have a prayer meeting, and we'll start a second service. And feel free to stick around. Amen? Yes. Father God, thank you for what you're doing in this church. You're answering prayers. We've sought you along these lines, and you've answered us. Thank you for the men and women of God you bring to us. Because you said a seek, and you will find it. We went looking, and we thank you that you're answering our prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.